Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Our international news review guest today, Greg Creevy, who is the founder and CEO of the Outdoor Channel, also a media watcher. Greg, welcome to Money FM. Thank you, Glenn. Good to be here on a big week of news. Lots happening, isn't there? Yeah, a lot of left of field stuff. <laughs> it's crazy. It. Let's start first with the Aussie fires. Um, there was a report of one more death happening, but there was some good news about the rains, some rains coming and the cooler temperatures. What does the latest seem to be today as far as we know? Well, it's much improved, but of course, you know, the, uh, the rain that they did have was not, in fact, that useful uh, in mm-hmm. terms of fighting the bushfires because it made it much more difficult for burn back and for sort of containment lines to be, um, you know, to be uh, maintained. What they need desperately, you know, really is a is a good soaking over many days of rain that could mm. sort of extinguish those fires completely. Which uh, is not expected, Which is not expected. I don't think they're expecting uh, good rains until around about uh, April. So this severe drought, one of the worst droughts on record, uh, continues. Your prime minister has been trying to claw back some respectability with some of his critics. Is he doing any better now uh, in these last couple of days in terms of announcing more resources? And is he getting back any of the public favor that he had lost uh, after his Hawaii debacle and then returning and and having a number of bad days with the people on the ground? Exactly. If you consider that uh, politics in some areas or is is, is somewhat the art of uh, optics, the optics for him were terrible in the the first week or so of those bushfires being in Hawaii. I mean, he could have taken a break equally, you know, back home. <laughs> but he has he has caught up. Uh, he has marshaled, you know, national resources, you know, defense forces, and they're doing a whole lot more than they were doing, you know, just a week ago. So I don't think people can sort of point the finger too much uh, at, the, at the national level now that mm. those resources are out there and are, are active. I saw a quote, uh, I guess it was probably late yesterday, saying that he said, Scott Morrison said that, you know, we could see the fires burning for another two months mm-hmm. or more, you know, the, the, the fire season. What impact will that have on just the psyche of, of Australians? Of course, you know, the physical impact, we have to wait and see. But, you know, this constant pressure of, of the, the, not only the pollution, but just knowing that so much of the bush is being burned. Mm-hmm. So many, unfortunately, animals are losing their lives. Uh, some people have lost their lives, although uh, fortunately been pretty contained mm-hmm. in that in that direction but what if these burn for another 2 months what is that going to do to australia well i think it was a, it's a wake up call you know at the national level you know at the state level and even even at the local level bushfires are nothing new in, in australia but i think the ferocity and the early nature um, at which some of these fires broke out have become the new norm and out of tragedy i think you know good things will flow you know they're talking now of a, of a royal commission i think that australians will be mindful that this is the new could well be the new norm and that i think that, that there'll be a more comprehensive sort of national and state sort of coordination in terms of how to deal with these fires in the future, these fires will occur again. It won't. Uh, it won't go away completely. So I think that there'll be a, a great deal of national support behind a, a royal commission, and hopefully, as I said, hopefully, a greater coordination between the national, state, and local level. Yeah, we're speaking with Greg Creevy, the co-founder and managing director at Omni Channels Asia. Of course, uh, Outdoor Channel is one of his uh, biggest projects that's been happening. Uh, Greg, as we look around uh, some of the other issues, uh, the Iran-Ukrainian plane crash, the the government now in Iran has come out and admitted that it was their missile mistakenly that was fired and brought down that uh, jet. Of course, uh, the Iranian president has already had a chat with the Ukrainian president. People are calling for reparations. It is such a tragic mistake incident occurrence that happened during these heightened tensions between Iran. Iran and the U.S. and the bombing of the uh, U.S. bases in Iraq. 
or give them points for at least admitting the mistake. Yeah. You know, I mean, unlike uh, the Russians and MH17, I think even as of today, they still haven't really admitted right. uh, any degree of liability. But it's a massive, you know, own goal that they've, that they've you know, they seem to have achieved here. What, what I find quite striking is that um, how could they mistake a commercial flight taking a, uh, you know, departing on a scheduled flight from an mm. international airport in a defined air path at a point of ascent. So it's not sort of cruising at 34, <laughs> 35,000 feet. And coming in from nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So I, it, it's, no. I think that's the big un- unanswered question. How could they make such a mistake? Was it, was it a human mistake or was it some kind of automatically programmed missile guidance system that could, uh, yeah. that could shoot this out of the sky? There's a lot of questions, but that I think is the most compelling question. It's interesting too, because in addition to the Iranian president uh, apologizing, the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard, uh, the the commander of the missile Mm. battery has come out to apologize. And he has not answered the questions that you've Mm. just posed. But, and, you know, we hate to, of course, speculate, but I will. Uh, (laughs) It seems like, you know, somebody was not paying attention to the screen, looked up, saw something flying across the screen. Hit a button. And it was just like, we got to act now, you know, because it was so close to Iran. And, of course, once those, those missiles are away, you cannot recall them you cannot they're you done know, do it, you know and, and given the heightened tensions at that moment why was that uh, airport even then operational right right uh, it is uh, a, a lot of questions as you say the there can be no value put on 176 lives but at least like you say they did come out and not try to push it under the rug and and, and so that gives us hope us. i think that um the inquiries that will follow and the analysis of uh, black boxes and so forth will be will be transparent yeah. and will um involve some degree of international oversight and cooperation. So mindful that the truth here may come out, unlike, you know, with MH17. Yes. yes. This week, uh, the 15th, I believe, we're expecting the signing in Washington, D.C. of the first of the trade trade pacts, mm-hmm. I guess, or, or trade... Uh, phase one. Phase of, one. Well, we yeah. don't know how many phases, but... Uh, yeah, between China and, and the U.S. Uh, what, what's that going to... What's that... What do we think that's going to look like? Do we know? Positive. I mean, to go from the rhetoric of, of the past and actions over the past uh, 12 or so months to at least having the semblance of the beginnings of a, of a wider trade deal it has to be a net positive, both for you know, the markets in general and certainly for, um, you know, for, for Trump yeah. heading into uh, uh, you know, an election year. There are some specifics in this trade deal. Uh, the, the question, the problem, the criticism has been there's not enough specificity, there's not enough being done, and this comes, of course, on the back of news this earlier this week that $47 billion where the value was lost by American companies uh, due, to the, uh, due to the sanctions mm. uh, that, that Trump put on. Talk about an own goal, right, if, if those numbers are to be believed. But as we go forward, from your pers- perspective, you travel the region, you talk to a lot of people all the time. Are people confident that the U.S. and China can actually kind of get their act together on this and stabilize in a way that's going to bring some sort of normalcy back to our trading system across across Asia, our, our companies across Asia? Well, ultimately, what everyone would look for is, uh, you know, free and fair trade. I think that this step is a step in that, uh, in, in that direction. Businessmen, business people, I should say, are probably the ultimate pragmatists uh, in, in the world. One could say that we have the most pragmatic of presidents where there's a, a dollar value on every, on every policy, on every deal. <laughs> and yeah. 
maybe this is one such example of a pragmatic approach to uh, to, to trade. Mm, mm. Let's finish off with Megxit. Ah, <laughs> the world's most dysfunctional family. Exactly. Of course, we're talking with Greg Creevy, the co-founder and managing director at Omni Channels Asia. They provide a lot of material, don't they? To work they with? endless. Yeah. Boy, from Brexit. Just when you think it could not get any <laughs> weird or worse. We had the latest royals checking out this week from the royal family, and you're an Australian citizen, mm-hmm. and I understand that the royal family is quite. Well, if not popular, closely watched. Closely watched in, and in still Australia. held with much affection. And I think safe to say that if there was another referendum on a monarchy today, it probably still wouldn't get over the line. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> so what, is this, what does this uh, in, in real terms mean to the people outside of, Austria, uh, outside of the UK? For example, your countrymen. Is it a big deal that they're going to be spending more time in Canada versus in the UK and want to kind of separate their lives? No, I think the focus is really on what does it mean for the monarchy. The monarchy has endured, what, 700 plus years of unsort of broken rule and influence. So as a institution, it's unmatched. Mm. There's no other institution mm. in the world that could sort of point to that kind of record. But I think the the view would be, what does it mean for the monarchy going forward, given that they want to have a slimmed down, more sort of relevant uh, monarchy? This is certainly in keeping with that. That would seem to have been their intention. But then the subsequent actions of what has been attributed to the Queen, I think is probably another example of the of the utter ruthlessness with which they pursue the longevity of the monarchy. How so? They've seemingly been sort of, you know, cut adrift. Mm. Mm. And in the end, I think they always do, the Queen would always do what is in the best interest of preserving the monarchy. Does it really matter, though? I mean, Harry is, what, sixth in line for the top job. Does it really matter that they decide that they want to maybe put a little bit of distance in there? You know, the Queen has called for senior royals to a crisis summit, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera, according mm-hmm. to the Guardian newspaper. Well, um, you know, they're young, they're attractive and popular. You would think that they're, you know, they're sort of great assets to, to the royal family. Yeah. And they generate an enormous amount of, uh, you know, goodwill and affection. So, can, can they not do that on their own? They, they probably could, but I think, you know, that, that begs the question, what does that mean for, you know... For, for the rest for, of them. For the rest of them. <laughs> the, you know, that are living off, uh, you know, off the public purse and the, and the, and the sovereign's, uh, yeah. sovereign's funds. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, lots happening in the world of news today. Our thanks to uh, Greg Creevy, the co-founder, managing director at Omni Channels Asia. Greg, uh, as always, great to talk with you. Thanks, thank you, for, thanks for coming into Weekend a, Mornings. Thank you. Wonderful weekend. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.